This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Get your dance on. Get your dance on. Uh. <laughs> I wasn't sure who was going to say something. <laughs> Alyssa gave me the And then you the started eyes. singing. <laughs> <laughs> singing, sort of singing, yeah. I can sing. Well, I can't rap. Can you rap? I can rap. I yeah. would enjo- oh, thoroughly yeah. enjoy that experience, Alyssa, hearing really? you rap. I thought you've been to a, like, a gig where I rapped before. No. Like the R&B style. I love it. Yeah, pretty fun. <laughs> the things you learn <laughs> by the time you're in season eight, episode ten. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we're really blessed, as always, to to gather and to share um, the the readings of this this Sunday. For those of you who are gathered for the first time, listening to us for the first time, this is interesting. Um, uh, we what we do is we take the readings of the upcoming um, mass. And we explore, we break it open, we study it. So we study it so you don't have to. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so we have four co-hosts here to this week. We have um, Alyssa, Justine, myself, and little Cooper, my dog, who's munching a toy, been filming with me all day <laughs> so here in the warehouse. <laughs> this week, it's not my stomach making those noises. Just to clarify, it is a dog who's chewing on some kind of weird toy. Yeah, well, I had a bit of an adventure with, with the dog today. He's like uh, His hair was growing long, so I... I got uh, um, the clippers, the dog clippers, and I, t- I trimmed his hair. Oh <laughs> but you can tell, with, like, it's n- not straight. That's the equivalent <laughs> of my mum cutting my hair for my entire childhood. Yeah. Don't do it. Take your kid to a hairdresser if you can. Well, uh, I have his hair cut. It grows really fast. So the, the worst comes to the worst. He has two weeks of a really bad hair day. Bowl cut. <laughs> Just picture, <laughs> picture a cute dog with a bowl cut. <laughs> I think as out of respect, you should cut your hair the same way you cut his. I like that idea. A beard, maybe, but not, not a, it would be in patches. Anyway, um, from a distance, he looks lovely. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Cooper. <laughs> uh, question, um, if you didn't have to work, like, what, what do you do for work? What do you guys do for, everyone knows, we've, we've talked about this. You work yeah. for Youth Alpha, not yeah. Youth Alpha or Alpha? Uh, a bit of both. Yeah, Alpha and Youth Alpha. Yeah, in and Australia. And Alyssa is a musician and also works for uh, FRG Ministry. Yeah, it's nice. Now, if you didn't have to work. No, they say if you find a job you love, you will never work a day in your life. And I've said this before on the podcast. And I would do exactly what I'm doing right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right answer considering my boss is right <laughs> next to you. Yeah, I was like, yes, gee, Alyssa, oh, wait a minute, me look bad. <laughs> nah. I think, um, yeah. I, I honestly, as I was thinking, like, I just love walking alongside people and have always had a passion to coach, but sometimes just can't fit that in with life and need to do a course. And so I've always been curious about that. So I'd love to um, coach people, walk alongside people, teams, businesses, and do some coaching. So 
I feel like I'd do that. Maybe own a jam donut factory or something. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's right good. You. Well, I, I I would do what I'm doing. I don't I don't work like I don't feel I work as well. So I I'm I absolutely love what I do. But one of the things that I I do hope is one day that um, I want to like sell, get rid of everything, and go and work in the mountains in Asia or something, India, or something, and just go and and live with the poor when I'm w- <laughs> when I'm sort of older. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, that's my dream anyway. But I'll come I, visit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come, come for a sandwich <laughs> or a donut. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring the donuts. <laughs> That's wonderful. Let's hear from our sponsors. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and His message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. So we're going to jump straight into our second reading for this upcoming Sunday. Now this week's upcoming second reading is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16 to chapter 3 verse 5. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. As for other matters Brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Amen. And uh, just a beautiful encouragement as well to St. Paul. I love how he, um, he asks people to pray for him. Um, one of the things that I, I think I discovered is that if you want to disarm someone, you ask them to pray for you. This mm-hmm. is especially keyboard warriors, you know, like and th- this mm. is something I find, you know, like they, they're arguing, arguing, arguing about something and they're fighting you about something and they're calling you this and they're calling you that and they're accusing you of something. And then you just finish off with say, okay, thank you, but um, um, whatever, can you please pray for me? And it's just like disarmed. And actually, it, it sounds like I do something like that, but actually someone did that to me and I was aggressive, not aggressive, <laughs> but I was really angry at a person who was, who was like attacking me, attacking me. And I, I got really sort of, I wanted to defend myself. I wanted to, and then at the end he said, look, I might be wrong, I might be right, but whatever, just, just pray for me. Mm, I thought, wow. oh my goodness, <laughs> now I'm ready to listen to you. <laughs> I suppose if you actually mean that and you're not just putting it out there as a bit of a cheeky, yeah, you know, yeah, poke, yeah. that if you actually mean that, it's a great disposition of heart to have. Yeah. And uh, Pope Francis did it as well when he was ordained like a um, pope and he was chosen as a pope and he uh, blessed the people. Then he bowed his head. He said, okay, now you pray for me. Mm. And you cannot help but love someone who does that. And I, I think this is what St. Paul is doing. He's like one of the, he was the greatest leader, the big, the big, 
boss and he's asking his these disciples these people who are starting off to pray for him and i think this is a, a beautiful uh, thing that um a beautiful lesson for us to learn that we all depend and need the prayer of each other mm-hmm. absolutely um one thing that stood out for me in this um reading was just this whole concept of divine assistance in doing good so this reading really starts off with paul sorry i can't see my notes with this microphone this is giving mm-hmm. a list of anxiety um This passage starts off with a prayer to Jesus and to God the Father, firstly to console the Thessalonians because they're in a bit of a period of of confusion as we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, but not only to just console them but also to empower them to do good deeds. Um, Paul's asking that God's going to strengthen them to speak the word, to evangelize and to do good things. And speaking about praying for each other, we should pray for this divine assistance to do good deeds in our own lives as well. Mm. Exactly. And I think when you're freaking out, uh, you tend to f- to lose sight of, of truth. You tend to lose sight of perspective. And so Paul's just coming in with, with truth bombs and with these, you know, reminders. And I love this reminder that he gives to them that applies to us as well, that God, the Father and Jesus Christ have already given us eternal encouragement and good hope. You know, it's ours already. We don't have to wait for it. Hope is not somewhere out there in the bushes and we've got to go look for it or yeah. we don't have to wait for, for someone or something to happen to encourage us. It's there. It's on your doorstep, knocking at the door of your heart. You know, he's, he's you know, got megaphones and that internal um, encouragement, hope is, is already ours. And as you said, I just think that this is such a great prayer for us to pray for others and such a good reminder that God is not going to bail on you. He's not going to lead you astray. And it's kind of like um, this eternal encouragement that is already ours is his advance payment. He's like, yeah, I've got nothing to hold back from you. Have it all. I'm not going to save some for later. Yeah. Like, you know, if ever I was given a chocolate or something to share with my siblings and I was little, I'd, you know, share some of it, but really <laughs> the best parts of it were high. God doesn't do yes. that. He gives you the best parts. He gives you every part. And that eternal encouragement and good hope is, is ours. Man, if we believed it and leaned into that, yeah. how our lives would look different. Yeah. And it's everlasting as well. Like that's what this passage mm. says as well. And that's a really... And what God gives us is everlasting. Mm. What we give up to uh, sort of, we give up of what we have for what God has. And ours is temporal, his is eternal. And so it's always something so beautiful that when we're generous with God, it's cliche now, sort of, God outdoes us, always yeah. outdoes us. Be- simply because, not because he gives us more necessarily, but he gives us things that last things yeah, that yeah. that will last forever and so uh, yeah again god's generosity towards us when we are generous with god and for god's blessings i think it, it, there is a requirement for us to be generous with god it just it's just the way it works because if we want to receive from god we have to empty our hands of what we have to empty our hands to be able to receive because mm-hmm. if our hands are full then we cannot take things from god mm-hmm. and this is why again people when it says faith is not for everyone because everyone's hands are full yeah everyone's hands yeah. are full they're full with stuff so wha- what's the point of having faith if you already have everything you think you need that's right everything you think you want and uh, uh, faith is is about emptying your hands and saying, "Hey, I need God. I need community. I need, I need the mercy of God. I need eternity." And uh, we live in a world that our uh, our hands are absolutely full, so we can't let go in order to get what God. Yeah. has given us and often what the world gives us uh is is intended just for us 
you know, it's got a one person user, you know, and it's all about us. But um, what God gives us is is for us, but not exclusively mm. only limited to us. And he wants us to to give it and share it. And that's exactly what's meant by this hope, like that he he prays for, again, for the um, Thessalonians. The, the purpose and the goal of it is not that they, you know, feel good about themselves or feel a little bit better because they're a little bit scared. Like the point of him praying for that is not for that. Paul prays this so that they will be strengthened in every good work and word, what God is putting in their life is for them but it's not limited to them it's to then go out and go into the world bearing that uh, for the rest of the world and and what is hope like hope is not wishful thinking hope doesn't you know ignore trouble or you know deny danger it doesn't pretend this hope that we're talking about in Jesus Christ acknowledges the truth of a situation um, but at the same time is fortified by this unmoving belief that God is with you full stop not only that, but he's in it and he's in the future and he's working through it with you. So that that's our Christian hope. Our, our Christian hope is real. It's tangible. And it, hope is this certain expectation of that which is not yet seen. And we mm. can be guaranteed of it because of who Jesus is. But how difficult it is to, even for the world, to hope for things that are not seen mm. when we it's all about what we feel all about what yeah. we see all about what we can touch all about what is good for me and uh, it's so in a sense like it again paul's words here faith is not for everyone and it is so much so more today than ever mm-hmm. before we live in a world that has lost the need or even the desire for faith the desire to for for things that that last forever and uh, one thing we always say is like faith is caught, not taught. And so if you don't have faith and your parents don't have faith and your generation doesn't have faith, then it's very likely that you don't even consider faith. Mm. It's not something to be considered. Faith, what I'm talking about, is, a, is a things that are a hope for things to come, a mm-hmm. hope for it, an eternity to come mm-hmm. that we cannot see, that mm-hmm. we cannot touch. Mm-hmm. And if your hope, if your faith is not in God, it's in something else. And Mm. so maybe it's a confronting question to ask and maybe it's a reassuring question to ask. I don't know you know to the listeners today but what do you put your hope in and not it's not rhetorical it's an honest question what are you putting your hope in today are you putting it in a person are you relying on someone else are you relying on a certain situation are you you know putting your hope in your finances or your confidence in investments uh, and not just monetary um are you putting your hope or your faith in predictions or in yourself and and those things, are they going to last mm. or are they going to get blown away by the wind, which they probably are? You know, what we, those things, the stuff of the world, whether it's tangible or internal, the, the things that we are led to believe are true and reliable, they're not. They, they change and they move as the world changes and moves, moves and what was reliable three years ago is no longer even a, a, a flicker in our memory. Mm-hmm. But we put our hope in the one who is steady, the one who is secure, the one who is unchanging. And I highly recommend considering um, those things that do not move, that do not change, that remain truth, regardless of what changes around them. You know, and that is the person of Jesus. For me, that's the person of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I was just going to say, as you were saying that, you were listing all these different things that, that fade away. But um, even what Paul's saying in this, you may encounter people who don't have faith, but to always come back to the fact, and we know this throughout all of Scripture, 
that God is faithful. Yes. And that's where we can find um, our encouragement. Yeah. Yes, and you find this encouragement as well in the Word of God, but also in the community that believes it. And this is where I want to emphasize for people who are listening, you know, because you, you may have had faith and now maybe you're struggling with your faith, you're struggling to believe, you're struggling to hold on. And many people are struggling to hold on. And one of the things that happened within the pandemic is that people have let go, not necessarily of their faith, but they've let go of the community. And I cannot, I just really would like to encourage you, to admonish you, to, to go back to the community, go back to mm-hmm. the, the believing um, field where, where you can catch the faith again. Because just as much as faith is a gift, and not everybody has it, and, but it, it's something that you caught, it's something that you got from family, that you got from the church, you can, you can lose a gift. You can lose a gift. Yeah. And don't, don't think that your faith is invincible, that it's going to last forever necessarily, if you don't look after it. Mm-hmm. This is why we need to... Do, I think you look after your faith in three ways. One, you look after it by reading and believing the Word of God, by relating to God, having this relationship with God. Two, making sure you're within a community of people who have that faith because that's going to keep the flame alive it's going to keep the fire alive but the the third thing as well is is to have those moments those flicker moments those transfiguration moments those moments not necessarily of feeling but those moments that you take extraordinary steps to grow your faith for example a retreat or for example um go, we're going to the holy the pilgrimage, the, the pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. you know you have the holy land pilgrimage or you go to fatima or you do something do something to ignite your faith again yeah. because we really need those moments we need the fire to stay alive now more than ever yeah. where before like the queen died recently you know and you, you saw on tv like it was just like a faith fest it was like <laughs> so much faith religion and so you cannot help but somehow feel something. Yeah. Now that's not that's almost like a fairy tale, isn't it? Like it's it's not a reality that we live in, but we can come back to that reality. Especially, I can speak for Australia at least, and I, I know like my American friends are thinking, "What are you talking about? <laughs> like we're surrounded by faith everywhere." But uh, sometimes we're not. You know, sometimes yeah. we're not. You're at a university and you're by yourself. You're um, at work and you're the only one who believes. It's sometimes really tough, and so this is why it's so important. It is really tough. And and one thing I noticed well, I, that I picked up on in this reading as well is that Paul encouraged the Thessalonians in what they were doing good with. And this is what happens when you're practicing your faith with a community of people who are also, you know, kind of gearing towards the same thing. If you see your – I saw an Instagram post about this as well. If you see someone around you like growing in virtue or – something tell them encourage others to do good because they're more inclined to keep going um and sometimes on those days when you're just feeling a little bit down about your faith and someone just says to you hey i really noticed that you did this really well and you should keep doing this Mm -hmm. because this is a really great part of you Mm -hmm. that's probably all you need to kind of yes have that um spark ignited in a in a small way maybe not as big as like a retreat or a pilgrimage but just in a small way i love that yeah and so this is so much again uh, saint paul is fantastic so amazing that's he really knows humanity well he knows the community well he knows what people need and he was an encourager so we need to be encouragers um in in the faith in the way we lift each other up in prayer encounter by frg ministry presents our online subscription package as a member you will receive digital on-demand access to encounters growing library of online courses Encounter and Encounter Youth online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. Current titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, 
Introduction to the Bible, The Mass and more, with new courses being added regularly. All Encounter courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and wallpapers. These courses are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. All Encounter Youth courses include teaching videos, interactive student and teacher PDFs with lesson plans, and guided prayer and reflection. For more information about enrollment and subscription options, head to www.encountercourses.com slash subscription. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Encounter Courses. Faith or bigotry? We are going to be diving into all things faith and bigotry today. <laughs> faith or bigotry? What do you choose? Yeah. <laughs> I put before you faith and bigotry. <laughs> choose faith. You sound like you're part of the Queen's crush. Like you put on the English accent. Yeah, I do. Watching too much footage. He's watching the royal thing. The but royalty. it's a bit of a reality that we live in. Sometimes we can be called bigots for having faith. And some people who are of faith can act like bigots at times. So, you know, let's just break this open, you know, can, are we bigots because we go out into the world and we share our faith and what do we do in situations where people might misunderstand us even when we have the right approach to sharing the faith? Yes, I think I think we go to uh, turn to Alyssa here because um, <laughs> no doubt about her, she'll have a definition of what bigotry <laughs> is. I thought you were going to say because she's a bigot. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, 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 disliking someone because of solely based on their culture or their ethnicity. Yeah, okay. And so th- there's a, a sense of, uh, this is something we hear over and over and over again. You know, when we stand up for, for eternal truths, especially eternal truths, the church is sometimes seen as uh, and accused of being a bigot. Like, you're a bigot, you, you stand against abortion, you stand against, um, um, I, I, I don't know, like... Tra- not transubstantiation, what's it? <laughs> Trans- Trans- transvestite. Like Trans- it's not that yeah. you stand against that, but it's just like you, when we speak out again, again uh, things like this, we're seen as bigots. But here's the thing: that when when we live in a world that is everything subjective, everything is subjective because we've lost sense of the eternal. We've lost sense, and everything's temporal. And when everything is temporal, everything matters. The thing that matters is what I feel. What I see, or even at best, what our community feels, what our community sees as right and wrong. But what if, and and this is the thing uh, when it comes to faith, what if there was a bigger reality, an eternal reality, an objective reality that people can glimpse, can see? Now, once you see that eternal objectivity and you come down to the subjectivity, it just doesn't make sense. It clashes. Now, we have a choice when we see the eternal truth. We read the word of God that doesn't change. We spend time in the presence of God. We see things 
as they really are, not because we're better than anyone else, but because we spend time with someone who's better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that is God. When you spend time in the presence of God and you see things from the eyes of God through the wisdom of the church, not because, hey, who are you to say you see things through the eyes of God and I don't see things through the eyes of God, but this is the wisdom of the church. 2,000 years um, of wisdom, spending time in the presence of God. When you come down to that and you, you, you see the world in this sort of subjective mess, do we say anything? Do we stay quiet? Do we watch this mess? Or do we speak it out? Now, this is the dilemma, you see? This is always the dilemma because you can speak it out and then you're accused of being a bigot. You can speak it out and sometimes, really, we can cause more heat than light. Mm -hmm. You see, we're here to bring the light, but sometimes the way the church has communicated and still communicates... Um, especially on social media sometimes, creates more heat than light, more hate than love. Now, I'm not saying that people should feel love, look how nice, because sometimes truth hurts, and mm-hmm. it, like it doesn't feel like love. But at the same time, are we getting through to the hearts, the minds of people by the way we communicate? Mm. This is the question I ask, anyway. Well, even just, I was just thinking, just to be aware um, that, Sometimes like people even within the church struggle to understand the teachings of the church. And so even if people, if, if we look at that, well, then it's kind of like inevitable that people outside of the church are going to struggle um, with our teachings as well. Um, as you said before, faith is a gift and not all people have it. And sometimes when they don't have this gift and they're not seeing things from that eternal perspective, we can be misunderstood, even though that's not really our intention. Yeah, and it, it, that you can, there can be kind of that collision that you were talking about, um, that you experience. But I think, in particular, if, if people don't have a basic understanding, firstly, I think most importantly of, of who God is, and secondly, and specifically, what sin is, like what good and mm. and what bad is, then it can be really, really hard to try and engage in a reasonable dialogue, like faith and reason. Um, with them because they are really important foundations to conversation and to to sharing our faith with people. So um, if they don't have that foundation of, of who God is and that what sin is, then really the commandments and the moral guidelines of the church do or can be received as purely restrictive and just restrictions impeding on their life. But it's not because they are those things. Yes. It's because they don't because have they the... Because f- yeah. they don't have the eternal perspective. They That's have the right. temporal only. Yeah. And when you can't see things from a, an eternal perspective, you it's, it's a waste of time. You're actually seen as ignorant. You yeah. know, you're like, you're seeing, what are you seeing? You're seeing fairy tales. You're seeing, yeah. you're seeing uh, the pixies, you know, like uh, when reality is if you do see eternity, then you cannot unsee it. Yeah. Please. You cannot see it and so this is something that is always going to be the tension and it's the tension the exact same tension that Jesus himself had and he was hated so much for it that he was murdered for it so who are we to think feel sorry for ourselves Mm -hmm. that we're going to be disliked yeah yeah he literally told us to expect it Mm -hmm. Um, and if you want um, some scripture back up for that you can go to Matthew 5 chapters Matthew chapter 5 I've got Cooper here verses (laughs) 10 to 12 and also in John chapter 15 um yeah, just acknowledge that it, do, it does hurt, but that yeah. 
Jesus kind of told us to expect this. Mm-hmm. But we also need to be wise and discerning about how we engage in dialogue. And certainly, like, I know that my lean is often towards um, a personal connection with someone. But there is definitely time and place and people who are way more gifted than I in, in engaging in uh, theological dialogue and in logical and reasonable dialogue. And, and that's not my forte, but there's certainly a place for that. And I'm so glad God has called particular people to that. But I think we can be really foolish sometimes and I've been in very uncomfortable situations where um, there's a certain arrogance or a disconnect that someone who has this gift of being able to articulate and, um, you know, communicate apologetically, like not with apologising, the apologetics of mm-hmm. the faith, yeah. engage in that that dialogue, um, where they've just had the wrong heart or they're not looking at the person who's in front of them. They're yes. kind of looking beyond them. Like, I don't care who you are, what you have to say. I'm going to look beyond you and I'm just going to talk at you and around you. Yeah. And we have to just be so – there is a deep discernment um, and opportunity for deep evangelization and, dare I say, opportunity for love yes. when we're engaging in this um, meaty – dialogue and conversation and i think it's on both sides as well you see like oh, what, what what i mean is like on our and like on the side of faith and and sometimes we demonize people just because they have a demonic view we think that they are the demon so to mm-hmm. speak and so we treat them as the evil and when it's not that like i've been to so many exorcisms you know and it's just you love the person who's possessed you love them and you love them to deliverance you know you love mm-hmm. them to to exorcism so this is the thing that no matter how evil no matter how thwarted this person is their view is their their manner is at the end of the day you are fighting the demon in a sense not the possessed not mm-hmm. the you, you we say like love the 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 sinner hate, hate the, the sin yeah. but it's really <laughs> is sometimes we we equate the person who's mistaken with yeah. with the demon in a sense that is that is deceiving the person mm-hmm. and and who are you more likely to listen to you know yeah. someone who's ramming something down your throat or someone you know who a, a kind person you know is sharing their stance on abortion you know a, a kind catholic sharing their stance confidently on, you know on abortion rather than a rude and abrasive catholic exactly. like it just seems so silly to even have to say that but man emotion can take over sometimes or as you say you start to see the um demonize people and then the trajectory of what you're saying starts to go way way yeah. off and so it's a, yeah it's about love and walking with people people are more like ready to to listen to you when you when you walk with them when mm-hmm. you walk with them and this is what we need to do it's not just there shout at them tell them what to do and then stop walking with them or not walk with them you know it's like you can't you can't walk with someone you've demonized mm-hmm. the battle's already lost that's it that's it and i think just to this encouragement not to be discouraged if you and this is inverted you know, comments if you can't change someone's mind about the church, because often it's not just a mind change; it's it's a heart change. And I don't know what speeds those changes are happening yeah. at. Or, but don't be disheartened. Um, you know, it's nothing new. Um, that some people will just never be convinced. Um, you just have to look through the pages of the church's history. But don't give up on that person when your conversation or your time with that person has ended. You know, prayer is effective. It's mm. not just a tokenistic thing that we do because we're Christian. But pray, pray for them, pray for you, pray for that you have just planted a seed or that you've continued in the work that the Holy Spirit had already started before you even had that conversation. 
with that person yeah um and give it to god like if sometimes you can feel really heavy as well after those conversations i think it's just really important to pray sometimes a prayer of cleansing after a really heavy conversation and just say god i just hand that to you it's not my responsibility it's it's you jesus and i leave this person and this situation these feelings at the foot of your cross yeah yeah i was just going to add if you're someone who's listening to this um who maybe perhaps has been attacked by people in yeah. our church, um, just to come back to the fact that the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the church themselves are not bigoted in any way. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, an, an apology for people who have made you yeah. feel yes, like that. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is, this is so true. Let's, let's come back to the conversation. Let's come back to the truth that they might have been speaking the truth, but sometimes we need to speak the truth in love mm-hmm. to be able to open the hearts of people. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this episode 10 of season 8 of the Catholic Influencers podcast. We have a couple of episodes left for this season. And if you'd like to keep up to date with us, all things podcast, you can find at our website, figministry.com forward slash podcast. We're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Send us an email, podcast at figministry.com. I'd like to know what you would do for work if you didn't. No, what would you would do with yourself if you didn't have to work? Was that the <laughs> yeah, question? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly, yeah. That's cool. Beautiful. Also, thank you to our OSV family. We're so grateful to be partnering with this, yeah, uh, with this community. Um, um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm also struggling here with my little uh, dog who's going through the cables. But yeah, so just make sure you stay in touch with us. We love you. We're grateful for you. And we'll see you again next week. Okay. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.